This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome back, ladies and gents. It's been a long time for me. Dwayne, I know you've been holding down the fort. Um, getting closer to that time of year again. Episode 105 of Two Goalies, One Mike. Brought to you by Outlet Liquor for your place to get a case. Dwayne will tell you more about that later. For the good people at Outlet Liquor. Dwayne, how the hell are you? Pretty good, man. Actually ecstatic with yesterday's news. Uh, The Goathead will come back for, I think it was like 12 or 13 games next season. 12 home games. And the announcement was pretty cool. The first one is... The 23rd of November against the St. Louis Blues and Ryan O'Reilly. Yep, that should be fun. Should be now, a lot of fun. Now, not only that, speaking of St. Louis, you got O'Reilly. They, I, I wanted to talk about Tate Thompson. We'll get to that in a minute. Do you remember at the time the best prospect St. Louis had was Robert Thomas? Yep. And a lot of people were calling – um, for the GM's head, I think who at that time was it? It was um Murray, Bot- right? No, it was Botterill. No, it was Botterill that made, who traded Ryan O'Reilly. Okay, right. So, like a lot of people were calling for his head and, and making sure that we got um Robert Thomas. We get a Tage Thompson, we give mm-hmm. him a three year deal. Um, I think he's you know not not a 40 goal score, he's at 38 with 30 points, 68 points. It's it's and I didn't mean to transition to Tage so quickly, um, but it's just interesting looking back at that, is it not? Oh, it is, man. It's 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 kind of it's kind of crazy how uh, I wouldn't say like things come full circle, but I mean that's kind of what happened here. I mean it was uh, you know I remember being just as upset as the next guy over the, the Sabers not getting uh, Rob Thomas out of oh, that. I loved his game too, and he had a great out, season this year too. Years, he was a horse. Yeah, he's a great two-way hockey player. Smart, uh, quick feet. Um, I just, uh, you know, but we didn't really know what we had in Tage Thompson. The only thing I remember when when Tage you know, Thompson, go when, ahead. We, when we traded for him was that he had a couple cracks at the NHL and couldn't stick. Um, 
maybe again that was the situation coaching the, who knows what it was or the, now that we know how dysfunctional that locker room was with jack and to some degree sam you know kind of going along with it i i the more i hear about it brother and me and you have talked off air about this and i'm not going to shit on jack or anybody actually i am i i just feel like the culture's changed so much alex tuck did such a great job and so did tage thompson um and and um, as I go through the, uh, I'm going to, you know, the goat head, is there any way for you to add the video? Cause I think it was pretty cool how they had the, you know, the locker room. I, I, I want to tee up two videos. I want to bring up the video of them, them announcing that it's coming back. And I also want to show the video here. If you guys just give me a second of when they first unveiled the goat head Jersey back in 96, 97. Um, I'll pull that up on YouTube here in a second, but yeah, the way they did it, thousand people were there. Yep, yep. For and, a jersey reveal, fifteen thousand. Yep. They just came off a really good season, um, you know. And I'll give, I'll give the save, I'll give Buffalo the Sabers credit, man. They've done a good job so far with uh, a lot of the stuff they've done since, uh, you know, at least from a social media standpoint with how they've, uh, you know, tried to pay homage to the goat head. Um, I'm looking out in a video right now of somebody making like a sand candle, like a design, and they're, they're actually creating the goat head logo with a sand candle. And it's like the logo sticking out of like the candle glass. It's actually pretty cool. It's, it's being tweeted out by the Sabres. And I'll, like I said, I'll give credit where credit's due. They, they have done a phenomenal, phenomenal job. And I'm going to share my screen here in a second if you guys just – Bear with me. So I got it right here. Yes, this is the one. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Back it up, back it up. Oh, here we go. Beautiful. Look at the, the blue and gold locker room. I love it. The logo. What? Yeah, buddy. It's almost got like a Stranger Things vibe. Now, yeah, maybe they watch Stranger Things. Like the, uh, yeah, I love the I love the look. It's 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 really nice. Um, and I just hope they try and get the logo. I know there's been some. Uh, there has been some. Um, there has been a like. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to stop sharing my screen here. Okay, there we go. There has been some speculation on what the logo would look, the slight changes they made. Just like, just give me as close to it as you can, and I'm happy, you know. And I'm, you know, I, I tweeted out, remember, with like the kind of like the last nail in the coffin that caused like the rant, you know, was 90s night. Um, those jerseys. Terrible job production wise. Yeah, everything rolling them out. Off, but it wasn't that was a ticking time bomb because it wasn't just that. Remember? No, it was a culmination of a lot of things. And then what I went. You to, started with La Fontaine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like La Fontaine being forced out of the organization. Just um, the piss poor job they did uh, at Hashik's jersey ceremony. Jerseys. Uh, you were the first one on that. Yeah, it was it, it was bad, man. It was really bad. Like. They didn't have any former team. And one of his closest teammates, I'm assuming Lewis teammates, you know, fellow Czech player, Richard Schmelk, still lives in, in the area. I'm pretty positive he has like a dog, uh, either a dog either a dog grooming business or it's like a dog kettle, like, you know, training dogs, um, like a boarding school or whatever. 
Um, he lives in the area. Wait, they, they, won gold, they won a gold medal together. They're, wait, wait, they're, Richard Schmelich? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Schmelich's dog grooming? I love it, buddy. Like that. I, I don't know the name of it. Schmelich's dog school. Yeah, it, it, it's wild. Man. Account, think about all the Sabres, formers that either live in Buffalo or Rochester with the new regime, you know, between Kevin Adams and, you know, Jay McKee, who's coaching in the OHL. Um, mm -hmm. Just went to a Memorial Cup with the Hamilton Bulldogs. Couple clicks for Jay, friend of the program. Looking forward to getting him on this year. Um, but Dwayne, like, take us back. You know, uh, a lot of people. I think we touched on it once. So I had my own radio show at Fredonia called "The Good, the Bad, the Cully," a play on "The Good, the Bad, the Ugly" because I'm terrible looking. Um, but remember you coming on? Uh, we our very first two episodes of two goalies on Mike were, were recorded years ago at the Fredonia radio station. And it was live broadcasted on 89.5 FM yeah. um, WDVL. And, you know, we had a pretty solid listening. We, you know, at that point it was between any time, anywhere, you know, it was lunch hours, right? It was like 1230 to 130. Um, but, you know, we had anywhere from 200 to uh, 1500 tuning in at any given point. Um, yep. and we had some fun with our episode. Um, and, and that was our experience in the booth. And I mean, not to sound corny, but me and you both walked out of there knowing, and we mentioned it on the walk back to our cars, like besides checking out the college girls, um, <laughs> we mentioned like, Hey, like we got to do this. You know what I mean? You know, obviously you living in Tonawanda and me being in Fredonia, it wasn't feasible to have you on every time making you drive down there. Uh, and we didn't have the ability to do the phone-ins because, well, we did until one of my asshole friends called in and we got a complaint from the FCC because uh, they couldn't. We didn't have the delay. Uh, you can imagine how that went. We yeah. did a thing called hashtag ask Kelly. But my point is this. This whole combination comes from you, you know, right after the rant. I just came home from Pittsburgh. I was driving back and forth. You know, you know, I, I have my kids you know, half the week. And then I drive down to Pittsburgh and coach and live in my condo there. It was fucking hell, but it was funny. Our season just did that ended. Okay. Cause of COVID and your, your call had happened. What? Like a month prior, maybe. I can't remember. It was like in December, January, right? It was in like de December, January when it right. made the call. And so uh, I, I got back in February and yeah. it was like, we texted each other at the same time. Yeah. We literally, it was like, we were in sync. It was funny. And like, I was opening my phone to text you and I already had the text message coming yeah. in from you. I was literally typing to you and it's super funny um, to, you know, to bring back two goalies, one mic um, to kind of ride the wave that was happening. And I enjoyed it, man. I, I won't lie to you. I mean, you know, you know, if I look back at her things, some, some things I probably would have handled differently. Sure. But I'm sure anybody put in that situation, you know, would make a mistake or, you know, say the wrong thing too as well. But at the end of the day, like I felt in not putting myself my own pedestal here, but like, I felt like I really spoke for a lot of people at the time. hundred percent. You did buddy. You're yeah. not, hey, don't, don't think that at all because look, you got mentioned on spin chicklets. You got to appear on Steve Dangle. What else did you do? You like name all the rightful off some of the things you did. If people didn't agree with you and Rex respect your passion, 
Yeah. You wouldn't have done all those things. Now there's always going to be haters, no matter what you do. Yeah, yeah. I've lived a very private life since I retired. Um, you know, besides, you know, announcing for the Spitfires and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But like once I had my kids, you know, I kind of quieted down. I ended my radio show. But to be thrust in the spotlight like that, I thought you handled it with elegance and grace. Now you're always gonna have people that are jealous and or just want to hate to hate. Yeah. And yeah, I think you've handled it really well. My main question to you was take us back to that moment and looking at it now, where where do you like how do you feel from then till now? Is it better? Is it the same? Is it worse? I think I know the answer, but like take us through from that moment of frustration and that beautiful, and I'm not trying to be weird here, but that beauty and that that ferocity and and, and the and the word I'm looking for is just that natural way the call went down. It wasn't scripted. It was pure passion. Yeah. And and it was a lot of energy. And even Shope and the Bulldog were like speechless. No, Shope wasn't, like, wasn't even on. It was Bulldog. Well, had that's Shope, probably why you got through. <laughs> had Shope, yeah, had Shope been on, I would have cut off. Couple clicks for uh, Christopher Parker. Wonderful, man. Yeah. I love Bulldog. Yeah, great, great guy, him and his son. Big, big um, shout out to Owen, too. Yeah. Had a great career. Um, if he decides to, you know, continue with coaches, you know, he's been out with me a couple times early, earlier mm -hmm. in the year. I love Owen. He's just such a fantastic human being. The whole family is, um, and I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, love yeah. them both. And a uh, couple clicks to Owen for a great career. And I uh, can't wait to see what he does next. Um, but you know, to answer my question, what, like from then until now, and then considering all the moves and you could take a second. But, like, where are you at now with the state of the Sabres? If you had to make that call right now, would it I, be a happy call? Would it be a, you know, you know, put shit or get off the pot? Like, words or whatever, you know, jersey or whatever. Like, give me games, give me moments. What are you, where are you at? I would say I'm about as optimistic about this team as I was when they uh, – I think it was maybe Jack's third year. With I second or third year with O'Reilly, um, and there was a lot of expectations, and we felt that we finally put together a team that could contend for a playoff spot. And then obviously we know how all that went, but um, but I, I feel very very optimistic because the pipeline, the, the farm system is is as plentiful as it's ever been, and I feel like you have a team that's very hungry, like. And the biggest difference for me, and this is what irritated me the most, and I think this is one of the biggest things that set me off that caused that phone call was, you know, growing up watching this team, especially when they wore this jersey. Ooh, couple well, clicks from the lid. Yep, they wore they were considered the hardest working team in hockey for a few for many years. Hell yeah, uh, Lindy Ruff, baby. Yep. As, as, as we would come to the arena with our with these hard hats, these Sabres hard hats. Wait, 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 wait. It was after we got our ass kicked by the Leclerc and Lindros series where we had lost, you know, a bunch of first round exits. And then that's when that took over. Remember? Yeah, it was, then, it, it was it was 96, 97, 97, 98 when that oh. really started to, to catch fire. But the, the, the thing was is you look even even though there was clear as day when you line up our roster against a team like Philly there's a clear 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 night and day difference in talent there just was you and had Eric physicality 
And yeah, you know I mean, doom. We, and we had the greatest goalie in the world in that who kept you in every night. But the thing was, the players in front of them, they would literally lay their face in front of a shot to block a shot. The block, you know what I mean? Like, and that's a culture it, thing. Yeah, they would they would put the they would put the other play, team through the, through through the boards. You know, like they you, when you came to Buffalo, that made us proud to be Sabres yeah. fans. The hard hat comment. When you when you when you came to Buffalo. Not only do you know that you were going to have a tough time to score on Dominic Hasek, but you knew that every single puck battle, any puck that was in the corner, any battle in the front of that, you're going to get your teeth knocked in because you had to deal with Brad May. You had to deal with Rob Ray. Bobby Boogner. Bobby You know what I mean? Like all these guys who would literally just clean your clock for even touching the goalie for, for you know, to, to clean your clock, to, to get a puck. And you, you, you felt that they knew how much this meant to you as the fan and they didn't take it for granted. And for years under all these different coaches, you could tell it was taken for granted. The guys were out there just going through the motions and collecting yeah. paychecks and not yeah. giving a shit about the people who were paying their hard earned money these, you know, nine to five, eight to four, you know, full-time jobs to be there to watch them play and just give a half-ass effort half the time. And I want to stop you right there because that was part of the fury inside your passionate fan heart that was shared by so many people, right? Like at that given moment, I think that you spoke for 95% of Sabres fans and it's why it was so popular at the time. Now, to transition really quick, we can play Alex Tuck's soundbite after this. Maybe we can sneak it in. But I want to read a quote because we're going to get to this in a minute. Tage Thompson recently signed. I know you went live. What's it called? The um, after, not I'll hang up and listen. Well, hang up and listen. And I was supposed to be a part of that. I got called. You know, my new business, uh, Big Game Goaltending. We're hitting in high gear. So, um, you know, going forward, just for the listeners to know, we're going to have a set release date every week. Should be available, what do we say, Monday mornings most days? Yeah, we're hoping for Mondays. You know, we'll either do a live recording, say, on Sunday, or, you know, we'll, we'll record Sunday and we'll Depending release. on what's ho- happening in the hockey yeah, world. It, no. it, all, it, all, it all fluctuates if something big happens, like a Tage Thompson signing or a big unveiling, like, you know, hearing that the GOAT has coming back. Yeah, we'll go live. We'll do our best to, to get it in front of that, but – yeah, we're going to have a set schedule of one to two episodes a week. Can I segue into what I was about to say? So all of that pent-up frustration and all of the mistakes the organization made, they back, they basically cleaned house. And for a little bit there, we were understaffed. And that was talk, something we talked about. Mm-hmm. But I think that Kevin, Kevin Adams did a great job bringing in the right people analytically, bringing in uh, Calarmos. I'm, I'm saying his name wrong. Carmanos. Uh, Carmanos. But here's a quote from Tage Thompson, okay? And we'll, we'll get to his contract in a second. But it, it, it reminded me of the, the presser with Tuck, and it all ties in. Remember with Tuck it, talking about the, the black black and red jerseys and then yep. Zemgis Gergensen's um, tweeted this pencil case, right? Because that's, that's a lot of the memories we grew up with. Now, here's Tage Thompson. This is a place I want to be for a very long time. I want to be a guy that helps this team win and make the playoffs and win a Stanley Cup. And obviously, those are all just words, and you've got to put them into action. I'm excited to be a guy that's a Buffalo Sabre, 
And I think we've got a lot of guys in the room that feel the same way about our team as I do. If that doesn't fucking encapsulate and hit the nail on the head of everything that's changed culturally and from the players to the to this coaching to the scouting staff to the to the fans that's engaged us, like that for me for Tage Thompson gets me six to midnight. Good night, Jim Kite. Like I love it. Right? Yeah, how can you go back to Tages and it's been touched upon. Um, I got to participate in uh two of the USA hockey select festivals, which is basically ironically, they're held here in Buffalo. Back then it was when I played, it was at St. Cloud State or uh, Herbrooks Arena, right? But yep. now they're at the Northtown Center or the Pepsi Center, as we all know it. Um, but Tage Thompson. Uh, at the time, Donnie Granato was coaching the USA U18 NDP team, and he needed two players. He lost two players. And he had Tage Thompson on his team. Because for people that don't know, the top 200, you know, you try out locally in Buffalo, and then you go to, you know, what the New York State tryout and, you know, Syracuse. And then from there, maybe like six forwards, 4D, and a goalie or two make it on, right? So it really is the top 200. Then you all get split up. For example, when I was there, I was on a team with Nate Schmidt, the defenseman, and Nick Letty, okay? Um, but what's interesting is my coach then, um, um, blanking on his name, he coached at Denver forever. Oh, man, I'll never live this down. Steve Miller. Uh, I think he's at Ohio State now. But the point is this. Donnie Granato had Tage Thompson at 15, right? Before he yep. was ever a Sabres coach, before Thompson was even drafted, and to me that was just so so interesting because when you look at Tage Thompson and, and why he blew up, how is that not like a huge part of that being the switch to center, right? I mean, that's just having that inside information and knowing the development of the player that you had at an early age, and you know what, you know what you saw. In him, and like I remember, the one of the things that Don that was said that Donnie told Tage was, "You got to start shooting. Stop, stop. You know, you, you're such a big body with a powerful shot. Shoot the puck. Stop overhandling it. Stop yes. double clutching. Stop toe dragging. Get that puck to release. And you know, to quote all the hockey pundits, what what Tage did so well this year." was that most of his goals came before the goalie could get set. Uh, I'm quoting, um, who's the Sabres guy that's on WGR, um, the beat reporter? Uh, Paul Hamilton. Paul. Paul said this like 100 times in every single interview. And, and it's funny, but it's true, right? Like you look at the difference, and the way I teach my goalies is if we can beat the pass and then we can, you know, you know, be be ready to adjust to whether it's a pulled shot or a push shot, the shot change angle. Tage accelerated and he put a lot of work in two summers ago, uh, changing that, right, Dwayne? Because Correct. in the past, a lot of his shots were getting blocked, not getting through. And, and, and think of something that he put so much work in and look what it did for him. Correct. Right? It, like it's just, and one of the, it, it, I, I've, I've said this so many times. Um, he, he he's a he's like he's a tree. He's so big, one of the tallest players in the NHL. Um, you know, right up there with Zidonia Chara, but he played like he was the size of Gerby. And it was just it drove me nuts. It's like, buddy, just use your size, use your reach, use your strength, and protect the puck. You don't even have to stick handle it, man. All you gotta do is stick, you know, you know, keep your lower your shoulder and just protect the puck, and he just would never do it. And he would just make low IQ, like, infuriating plays, 
And I, I remember there was one, I, I, I lost my mind. Um, it was like a turnaround pass in front of, in front of our own net. And he just literally threw it out without looking. And it went right tape to tape. Uh, I forget who we were playing with a type of tape and an opposing player and an unbelievable scoring chance. And I'm like, who the fuck were you passing to, dude? There was no saber. It wasn't a single saber sweater over there. It was like it was like Zach Wilson throwing a football. It was like it was like insanity. Fuck like, the it was- New York Jets. There's only one football team in bar in New York. Oh, I know. I'm saying it was like Zach Wilson throwing oh, a football. Yeah, just get a dig at Zach Wilson. I used to oh yeah, for sure. I'll take a dig at Zach Wilson at all any time I chance I can get. But it's just like, oh, like bro, that. what are you doing? Like, what, what what was your head at there? And it was just like, but that just goes to show Don Granado's ability to 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 channel like the like get the best out of the player, right? Like you know, calm him down men- mentally and just. Get, I, I, you're better at articulating. You know what I'm trying to say, well, no, right? No, like, no, and I'll say it right now, okay? Uh, who was the last coach before Granado? <laughs> Ralph Kruger. Now, Ralph oh, Kruger, a very intelligent man, said all the right things, but you know what he did? He tried to implement a new style, a new way of playing the game. Now, listen, that's all good and well, and that may work sometimes, but people have already figured it out, Okay. It's not some John Cooper didn't reinvent the wheel with Tampa Bay. Okay. Right. Like Jared Bednar isn't doing something crazily different. Now there's always variations within four checks and, and neutral zone regroups and, and how we play our defensive zone, whether it's a boxing one or, you know, you know, man to man zone, but like within the most part, it's pretty similar. Now Ralph Kruger tried to do way too much. So he had his players thinking way too much about where they should be in his system. And here's the thing, Dwayne. As a goalie, you know this better than anybody. Hockey is a game of controlled chaos. Even though of whistles, you know, it's like football where it's play after play after play, where it's, you know, an individual set events. Or like baseball, same idea. It's, it's an individual event, every pitch to every yeah. batter, right? Right. Um, you can look at other sports, soccer, or lacrosse, like similar, but hockey is controlled chaos to me. And in and, and the way I explain it to my goalies and, and their parents are, we have no time to think out there. Okay. We have to rely on our muscle memory and your hockey IQ. Right. So when you're dealing with professionals, Instead of trying to reinvent the wheel like Ralph Kruger did and, and limit these guys, you have to find a way to let them play. Not, I don't want to say freely, but like freely within a system and, and have a structure in place that doesn't limit them. And what Ralph did looking back, and I was a defender of Ralph, and, you know, and I'll, I'll take that, right? I'll eat that. I'll pay the fine. Uh, clap a couple yeah, for the fine job. So was everybody. So was everybody else, though. Like he did say all the right things, and he did. He said all. Yeah. He used all the right mannerisms. It was just like your point. He 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 almost hindered everybody. You saw it most with guys like Thompson and Darlene. Darlene had a breakout the, a year and just got named as a top twenty defender in the NHL. Under Kruger, that's not possible. We saw a regression with Darlene, and the best thing that Don Granado did, and it goes back to my original point of him recognizing. He picked two players at the U at the 15U camp to play up on the U18 development team. You know who he picked? Troy Terry and Tage Thompson. 
Yeah. Troy Terry has cemented himself in USA hockey lore by scoring that shootout goal in the World Juniors. I think it's 2018, maybe 19. Could be wrong, but we beat Canada in Montreal. Suck at Canada. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. Uh, Was it the Holinka Cup the uh, the goal that shouldn't have ever counted? Yes. Um, and speaking of the Holinka Cup, a uh, friend of the program, Quentin Musty, uh, we we had a little trade. Me and my daughters made him. Uh, you know, we put in a plaque. Uh, I I traced out the jerseys, the USA 1960 jerseys, uh, and they colored them in, and then they uh, Reese put. Go get him, Mr. Q, and had me put good luck, Quentin. And then they decorated it. But you know, it's just you know, we we're really tight, and Quentin's gonna come on the show. I can't say enough about this kid. I hope the Sabres grab him. I don't know if we'll be high enough to pick him, but game used uh Holinka Gretzky gloves, love him, love Quentin, love the Musty family. His younger sister Mac is gonna be um an Olympic starting goalie for the U S within 10 years. I'll bet my life on it. Um, but yeah, that's the game that never should have counted. Um, that Alinka game from, you know, back then, yep. but Don Granado's ability to identify talent, but also work within their own talent to, to like the move to taking Tage and recognizing that he should be a center. And you know what it created? It gave Tage a lot more room. And Ocposo had a great quote. And um, I hopefully I can pull it up here. Um, give me one second. Um, that's not in here. Um, but, you know, Akposo said it best. And, and, and hopefully I can get it here. Um, yeah, I'm not getting it right now. Yeah, I'll pull it up. But, like, Akposo, on that note, where where's Akposo for you? Are you happy that he's still here? Yeah. Hundred percent. I, uh, I, I, this time last year, I wouldn't have said that. You know, it was getting to a point for me where you're. I mean, you, you, the, he can't help his contract, and he also can't help about the injuries. But like, but he's been great the past couple of years as a, as a leader. And and I think that you know when when you look back to Eichel and Riley O'Reilly being here, I think there's a lot of adversity in that locker room. And Kyle Ocposo, while being a steady older voice. I think those two young guys, and I'm saying Ryan O'Reilly as much. I'm thinking, I'm talking about the the Jack Sam dynamic, kind of like, well, fuck you, buddy. You're the reason we're in cap hell. And you know what? The difference is, you know, Tuck and, and Cousins and Tom Murray all embraced this. This is what pointed this out to me. Okay. This is a quote. Okay. So Thompson tied for fifth in the NHL with 25 goals on home ice. He was also fourth in the league with goals uh, above expected. Um, here's the quote from a Kyle poster that really stood out to me. And I want your thoughts on this, Dwayne. Okay. Okay. Tomber was the guy that we saw it every day in practice. Sabres alternate captain Ocposo said in May, every day in practice was like, this guy's unbelievable. He's the best player on the ice. And for whatever reason, earlier in the year and last year in the games, like he just didn't have the confidence or it just wasn't translating. And now you see, like, we've seen it for years, we as the fans. Mm -hmm. And just the way that he makes moves, the way he protects the puck, his ability to make his line mates better, that's something that if you're a top-like center like he was this year, that's a huge component to it. And he made his line mates better this year. 
Like, 100% he does. Buddy, if that doesn't get your juices flowing, coming from a guy that played with Tavares and signed his big ticket from a guy that made his line mates better, that has seen somebody, you know, do it at all levels, that gets me going. I, I, just, I it, love it that does. this group wants to be here. And I really felt like it started with Tuck coming over in that introductory press conference. That's why I was so big on just throwing the C on Alex Tuck because it, you're hard-pressed to find any guy, you know, in a trade going, especially from a team that was, a, at, the, at the time, a Stanley Cup favorite, get trade from that team to the Buffalo Sabres and what we had just gone through the previous two seasons to have a smile that big on your face that Alex Tuck had. And just so ready, he, he wanted he wanted to start playing the you know that the next day that day, you know he wanted to get the Sabers uniform on. It was just a breath of fresh can air. Can I play it? Can I play it real quick? Yes, you can. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I grew up next to Tim Conley, who played here for years. Um, those teams, I mean, I, I could probably name most of the guys: uh, Breer, Drury, Thomas Vanek, Tim Conley, uh, Jokic, Hash, Andrew Peters, Brian Campbell with the Spinorama. You had Maxim Finneganoff. I mean, I was I was a big Sabres fan growing up, so I loved watching those guys. Uh, I mean, uh, the team tweeted those pictures of my dad and I at the Sabres game with the, the old red jersey. So maybe we'll bring those back. I'm not sure. That that would be pretty cool, honestly. <laughs> How cool is that, dude? How about, how about how about you let me bring it up real quick, and we actually get a good look at your phone. Sorry, you know? dude, I just got a little horny about it. No, it's fine. Let me see if I can find it. Well, um, while you're finding that, I'm gonna read the details. Let me know when you're ready. So, Tom agreed to a seven-year, fifty million contract extension. Okay, here's the beauty of it. Okay, the guy scored. Uh, he signed a three-year bridge deal. I think about worth one point four. Uh, yeah, so right. 4.2 over three years, guys. So we still we had a okay. nice Tim Conley who played here for years. Um, those teams, I mean, I, I could probably name most of the guys, uh, Briere, Drury, Thomas Vanek, Tim Conley, uh, Jokin Hash, Andrew Peters, Brian Campbell with the Spinorama, you had Maxima Finneganoff. I mean, I was I was a big Sabres fan growing up, so I loved watching those guys. Uh, I mean, uh, the team tweeted those pictures of my dad and I at the Sabres game with the the old red jerseys, so maybe we'll bring those back. I'm not sure. That, that would be pretty cool, honestly. Fucking love it, dude. Uh, thank you. Not, well, hold on real quick. Look at some of these things that, they, that they've that tweeted out, though. I mean, as you can see right here, Baran, new profile pick. Right. You know, uh, you know we'll uh, real quick, real we'll quick, UPL signing his two-year deal. Uh, average Let's, save that. Let's save that for the end. Yeah, we'll save that for the end. Um, Michael, uh, Jason Woolley, a tweet on a picture of him and Pekka. Oh, a wool banger. Yep. Yep. And just, uh, they've done a good job so far. And then the NHL, in my opinion, dropping the ball, not nothing against Ryan Miller or, or Tim Conley or, uh, Briere or Jury or Penaganoff. Uh, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, uh, if the NHL is going to hit with some goat head nostalgia and you leave out the greatest ever wear the goat head Jersey, I mean, maybe it's me being biased. To leave out Dominic Cash is a little bit kind of a sin, personally. Well, you know what's you know what makes me giddy, all right, and 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 you you showed it there, but the uh, the the fit that the goalies had, like, can you guys see that? Like like the goalie gear that Miller had, even for the one year he was here, right when he first got called up, but Dominic Hashik making that blocker save that was on the Mastercard, right commercial. Mm -hmm. You remember the blocker save? 
Yeah. Club crazy 2000. Um, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. They dropped the ball on that. But going back to his, his contract, right? So the Sabres bet on themselves here. And I think it's so smart, Dwayne. The cap's been pretty flat due to COVID and escrow being paid out. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, it's jumped only maybe like a 1 million. I think it's at 82 and a half this year. Now think about this. Okay. We have this guy who was a 38 goal scorer. And I'm going to round up like um, Paul Hamilton did and Sal Capaccio this morning and say he's a 40-goal guy. Guys, a 40-goal guy in eight years, seven years, is going to be making – you got to think in seven years, the cap's probably going to be closer to $100 million, right? Agreed? Yep. Okay. You're looking at a 40-goal guy – whether he's your top line center or your second or third on a Stanley Cup contending team. And I'm not saying that's close, but we talked about that earlier. And when you look at it, think about this, guys. If you have a, a, a parental, even if he doesn't get 40, you have a 30 goal guy at locked in at 7.14 and for, and let's just say in five years, right? In 2027. Yep. And now, Guys that are scoring 25 are getting 10 million a year. Think about the steal that is. Here's the best part we got that 68 point season, 38, 38 goals, 30 points, okay, and 78 games. So you add in four more games, he's probably going to get, you know, as the pace he was, he's probably going to get 40. He's probably going to pass 70 points. If you get that, like even 25 and, 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 and 30, right? Or, or 30 and, and 30, like that next year at 1.4. Are you kidding me? It's, it, you know, for me, it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to compare. Okay. I'm not going to compare these two players because they're not comparable, but look how great that Nathan McKinnon, McKinnon contract has been for Colorado. Ah, different, different, different. I know. That's why I'm saying I'm not comparing the players. I'm not comparing the players. Look how great it's been because it's given them the, the, the flexibility to put the team that they put together together, right? Now, with the yeah. cap going up, which it will, which it will. It's going to explode. I, I promise you guys, it will. It'll go up instead of, you know, 0.5 million the past three years. It's going to go up a million, five, two million a year. What if Tage next season or the following because me personally, that contract, if Tage has the exact same season next year, contract is worth it. 100%. How is it not? But if he it's turns worth it, it, he's going to be the most valued player in yep. the league when it comes to, you the know, value. So what if he turns into an 80 to 90, 95 point player, depending on the way possible? And it's a steal. That's why, like, when, that's why I compare the contracts bang for your buck, right? Well, here's here's his comparables right now. Josh Norris is making closer to eight million dollars a year with the Senators. He's only had you know he had, he had a good year, right? Yeah, a great year. But like, I'd rather have Tage Thompson than Josh Norris, no doubt about it. Josh Norris is a hell of a player for the Senators, and you know, a couple clicks through my old coach DJ Smith that taught me everything I know about coaching and hockey. Uh, he's done a good job up there, but like. This deal, and it almost goes back to the comparables with Allen because when we got Josh Allen's deal done, think about Russell Mills, Russell Wilson's contract. There's been like eight quarterbacks signed since Allen, and Allen's better than all of them. 
and he's making less. So it's the same comparable. It's wonderful, Dwayne. And you look at a guy like that, and a quick quote from Kevin Adams. Tage Thompson embodies everything we expect from every player who wears the Buffalo Sabres sweater. His success last season is a testament to his unrelenting dedication to his craft and commitment to bettering the team both on and off the ice, which we believe will help us reach even greater heights moving forward. I dude, like I'll go back to his another quote from Tomer. Uh, this is a place I want to be for a very long time. I want to be a guy that helps this team win and play off the Stanley Cup. And obviously those are all where I read that earlier. Like, I, any, I've heard a couple people like push back on this. Like, oh, this is a, and Paul Hamilton was one of them. This is a signature move for Kevin Adams, right? That could cost him his job. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it's going to be a signature move. Ain't going to cost him his job. It's going to solidify oh, him as one of the shortest, like most awesome moves ever. It's not like you signed in a nine, nine and a half million the way, the way Botterill did Jeff Skinner. But at the same time, I don't even blame Botterill for the scare because it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, like, and, and you know what? At that point, Botterill was probably already knew he was on his way out. He probably wanted to just try to make a splash and, and capitalize on the 40 goal season he had the year before. Yeah, but you know what? How do you take um, that guy? Well, Kruger, we can say now, and Jeff Skinner has is, is been classy as fuck. Mm-hmm. And take it from me, a guy. this guy abused me in junior hockey. Okay, he was one of the first guys to do figure skating before it was. But you know the ten to two moves where the guys open their hips. Yeah, Macar's a genius at it. And I only played against Skinner for two years because he played that year, and then he got drafted, and he and then he made Carolina the year after. In four games against him, that guy abused me. Mm-hmm. He's classy man off the ice. He even came and, and tapped me on the pads. It, like or like on the way out, he didn't need to stop and say good game to me. Um, you know, they ended up winning two to one. Um, I think Tobias Ryder or Ryan Murray sc- Murphy scored the game winner, but it was a game that we should have lost six five. He walked all the way around Kishner Memorial Auditorium, waited for me to leave the room. I was the last guy, and he just said, "Hey, great game out there. That was a lot of fun. You're a great competitor. Good luck." Like. Uh, like I, I, I have, a, I know we have a lot of Skinner naysayers, and I was one of them. But it's very clear, and I respect the hell out of him for not coming out in the public and saying it. That remember, we we projected that something happened in training camp where Ralph Kruger just didn't see him fitting in. Yeah. What happens when Ralph Kruger leaves? Didn't Skinner have a bounce back year? Had thirty plus goals. Yeah. Fucking a rights he did. Okay. So I, I mean, five just, on five too. Most of his goals were five on five. It's just it's just really interesting. Now, um, I wanted to to talk to you about um, some of the stuff that's going on in the league before we get back to everything. Okay, um, okay. a couple quick notes around the league. Jake Ottinger, okay, another American-born goalie. Um, he, you know, obviously he had that crazy run with Dallas in the loss to the Flames, where he barely let in anything. Right, he signed a three-year, twelve million dollar contract. Uh, for an average, av- like a bridge deal, just like Cage signed a few years ago. $4 million for Jake Ottinger? Fuck. Give me him right now. Never mind. We got Levi. Okay. But think about it. Ottinger and Ukapagalukin are in the same draft class, right? 
Yeah. And, and you know, the 23-year-old goalie was a restricted free agent. He went 30-15-1 with a 2-5-3 goals against average and a 9-14 save percentage with two shutouts in 48 start or 48 games, 46 starts. Although Dallas lost to Calgary in seven in, in the first round, Hottinger against Calgary, who was the highest scoring offense in the league, or no, sorry, top three. He had a 1.81 goals against average. We're talking Hatrick numbers. 954 yep. save percentage and a shutout. He made 64 Wild. saves in game seven, and they lost in overtime 3 2. Right. We're at, no, so, all right. So I just, wanted, I just wanted to mention that American yeah. kid. You know, we got Jimmy Craig behind me. I know he'd be proud. Just, um, just, to, wrap, just, just to wrap up, just to wrap up, kind of like. You know, the save not this just the Sabres talk, but obviously we covered Tage Thompson a little bit on I'll hang up and listen and just now. I think it's a great deal. I think they they, they absolutely, you know, hit that one out of the park, especially if he even just produces the same a similar season this season as last. Um, I still think there's moves to be made. I mean, I I I think this ninety-five percent of this r- roster is as you see it, where you're still gonna have Quinn and Paterica fight to get on this team. I don't think it should be just handed to Quinn. I think he should be made to fight for it. Um, you know, Paterica had a great season in the O and the A last year with Rochester. Was also a point of game player. I'm almost positive. I am a huge JJ Paterka guy, dude. Yeah, he's like I, an, he, he's a better. He's be a Brad Marchand type player. As great of a goal scorer as Quinn is, the, the he JJ is the better 200 foot player. He's a smart, he, you know, not, well, I'm not, saying yeah, he's, I, I'm not sorry, go ahead, go ahead, finish. Not saying he's smarter than Jack Quinn, but when push comes to shove, man, and you, 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 you like, are you, are you putting Jack Quinn out there at the end of the game when you're protecting the lead, or are you putting JJ Paterka out there when you're protecting the lead? I, I think it remains, I, mean, to I think be he's seen. a more well rounded player. I think it remains to be seen, but for Paterka, right, he plays both sides, right? Yep. He's 20 years old, um, he's got two games played. Uh, he was drafted 34th overall in 2020. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you look at Jack Quinn, okay. Projected to be in the Sabres lineup. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure he was a center in, 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 in junior. No, I want to say he was yes, but he's now listed as a right wing. Here's the beauty of it. You uh, let me read off the Sabres depth chart really quick. Okay. Projected depth chart. Okay. Skinner. At, here, this is so awesome. Skinner, Thompson, and Olsen on the top line. Skinner's lifted at both left and right wing. Tage Thompson listed at center and right wing. Center on this line, of course. And Victor Olsen can play both. Okay? Um, and, and the reason I'm getting to this is because Dylan Cousins has played um, mostly on the right side and center. He played on the left side for Team Canada in the World Junior or the World Championships. He scored mm-hmm. the most goals in the fucking tournament. Yep. The versatility of this forward group. Now, think about it, guys. Every if, if you don't know, every most a lot of these forwards in junior and minor hockey, you're the best player, you're one of the best players on your team. You're going to play center, right? We've all known that, Dwayne. Now, it's the, the guys, it's, it's it's the highest, it's the most res- like uh, the player that holds the most responsibility on the ice for me is always in the offensive zone will always be the centerman. And well, defensive zone, too, defensive right? zone and yeah, defensive, you're the most important player. Well, I would say the defensive zone is the goaltender, but uh, that's why I said the offensive zone. Two goalies, one like we're yeah. gonna have that answer. No, but like when you when you look down like this, 
it's just crazy to see the versatility. Cat Friendly doesn't usually put multiple positions. Here's our second line. Peyton Krebs listed at left wing, but he's he's also center left wing in his position slot chart, centered by Middlestat, who just has center, but we've seen him at wing. And then Alex Tuck listed at right wing on that line, but he can also play right and left, right? Yep. Keep in mind, everybody except Jeff Skinner I just mentioned is under the age of 27, okay? And he, Jeff Skinner's my age. He's 30, okay, or close to it. Um, next line, Rasmus Aspen listed at left, left wing, Dylan Cousins at center, Jack Quinn at right wing. On this line, outside of Jack Quinn being listed at right wing, I swear he played center, but they listed his possible positions, Dylan Cousins, center, left wing, and we know we can play right wing now. Yep. Asplund, left wing and right wing, okay? The versatility, the versatility of this forward group is insane. And the fourth line, you got Hinnestroza lifted at right wing and left wing. On this fourth line projection, he's left wing. Kyle Ock, or uh, Kyle Postles on the right, uh, which he's played most of his career. Uh, Zemius Gergensen is listed playing center on that left fourth line, but he's also center left wing. Let me go through this one more time. Uh, you take away Kyle Ockposo at 34. Okay. And Jeff Skinner, not even Jeff Skinner. Outside of Kyle Ockposo, 11 of our 12 projected forwards are under the age of 20 or under the age of 30. Okay. And then hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of the 12 are under 25. What? How can you not be fucking jacked up right now to be a Sabres fan? I know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely stoked. And just the, like you said, the youth movement of this team. And, you know, hey, by the, the way, that's not even, go ahead. The amount of cap space we have to utilize. Um, you know, again, like even if you don't like the Tage Thompson deal, how can you not? Space. What is the argument? I don't understand. I just say, but look at the cap space. You have to spend money at some point. Like, you what's, have to what's pay the players. I have yet to hear an argument other than Paul Hamilton and, and Sal Capaccio. I have a lot of respect for Sal and them. But outside of them projecting that this is going to be a miss or a signature move of Adams that might get him fired, fuck that. You have a 40-goal scorer at 1.4 for this year? And then he's going to average, dude, you're going to see guys that score 25 goals in three years. So two years into Tage's contract, making 7.14, you're going to see guys that score 15 less goals than him, probably 30 less points than him, Mm -hmm. signed for $9 million. Yep. And then three years later, at the end of his contract, you're going to see guys sign that same number, around 20, you know, let's just say 50 points. You're going to see guys sign for 10. And it's so amazing that we got this done now. The more I think about it, the more I love the deal, Dwayne. What is one negative thing you've heard from fans? And and anybody listening, please let us know. Because if you can let me know one negative, please do. Um, I think think the biggest criticism that really holds any water is just – getting paid after one year of production after how many years of no production. Yeah, but who has known him since he was 15? I, I, that's where I agree with you, 100%. That's why I, I I have so much faith in Don Granato to get even more out of Tage Thompson next season, this coming season. So, Buddy, um, when I listened to the press conference, they Kevin Adams 
And I just read it from Ken Adams, but hearing Don Granado speak on Tage, Dwayne, they both said on the record multiple times that he's not even close to scratching the ceiling. For those that are don't understand the ceiling part, every player has a floor and a ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. Floor is the worst they can be. Okay. Ceiling is the best possible that they could be. So a guy like Nathan McKinnon is obviously his ceiling is untouchable. We don't even know what it is. Or Cal McCarr, untouchable. Mm-hmm. Okay. They've played above like expectation, even though expectation was high. But like we're talking about a guy in Tage Thompson where even if he isn't at his, he's nowhere close to his ceiling. How no, old is he? He's 24 he's, years old. He's as six, tall, six, as tall, six, seven. As tall as he is, he hasn't touched his ceiling yet. Not even come close. So Guys, I, I, uh, I'm not upset about the contract at all. He I mean, led outside of Jack Quinn. Well, he didn't play. This is that he, Jack Quinn played two games and he had two points. So he was a point per game player. Yeah. You know what, who our highest point per game guy was? Would have been Tage Thompson at 0.87. Well, I know. I I thought you were referring to somebody else other than Tage Thompson. All right, guess the next one. He's Skinner? on Tage Thompson's line. And he's our second most highest played player. Skinner. Or no, our highest played player. Skinner. Yep. After yep. that, who do you think? Mm. Uh Golden Boy, we just traded for him. I was thinking Alex Tuck. Yeah, and then right after him, who do you think we got? Power play specialist, left-hand shot. Olofsson? Yep, and then he's .68. So here we go. .87 with um, with Tage, okay? Skinner at .79 points per game. And let's not forget, okay, Jeff Skinner put up in 80 games 33 and 30 for 63 points. For all the people bitching and moaning, all he needed to do was get the cancer out of the locker room and a coach that believed in him. All right, but, hey, this is a fun exercise, Dwayne. So we've touched on a yeah. couple. Okay, okay. we got Tuck out of the way. Yeah. He's at .67, and then we got Olofsson at, at .68. Who do you think's next? There's a big drop-off. No, there's not. No, there's maybe, not. Maybe he had the best so. year in his Sabres uniform. He's been here for a while. I suppose so. What do you think he had this year? Points I think per game. He had either 19 or 20 goals. I think so he, he had, had 21 one. goals and 24 assists in 74 games. Without right. doing the math, what do you think that rounds out to? Yeah. 0. 0.61. Uh, yep. That's incredible. He's our fourth line player and a leader. Now, mm-hmm. here's an argument I want to ask you before we move on to looking at another stuff. You brought up giving Tuck to see. I mean, it could go either way. I, I think it's probably going to Ocposo because of the time he's put in. But me personally, I think, again, going back to my point about finding a guy who is as excited as he was to be a Buffalo Sabre, especially before we really made that culture shift, you know, before that happened, um, I would I would rather see it on Alex. But I, I'm happy either way, honestly. What if we uh, – you know what? I don't want to nitpick here. I, I almost think that – like what I did on like the, what we did in Windsor when Ellis left, we had a young group, and instead of naming a captain, we had four assistants. Right, two wore it at home, two wore it away. Um, and and I honestly, if you're choosing four, let's do it that way. If you're choosing your four assistants, you can go either go one captain and three assistants, or four assistants with you know. 
you know, alternating who's the. I'd like uh, to see co-captains next year, personally. If you ask me, I'd like. I to don't see know if that's allowed anymore. I I don't know either. If they a home a home captain and another. I thought they banned captain. that. I don't know. I have no idea. You're um, right. You're right. The last time I remember it happening was somebody being a captain at home and away, but I think they did away with it. I, I don't know, but that's it, me per, per, preferably. That's what I would like to see, but. Um, so, wait, I mean, so who's in your top four? Let's just say leadership group. Why? I, I would say, I would say it, it's gotta be Tuck, Akposo, um, just in the leadership role, Gergensen's and I fucking give it to Darlene. Yeah, I agree. So here's what bothers me with Gergensen's and Akposo. They're both unrestricted after this year. Yep. Would love to have them back, but they're both gonna. Akposo is not coming back at six million. He's gonna be below two and a half, right? Yeah. Gergensen's, I could see him coming back. You know, maybe he takes a slight, depending on how he does. You know, because he, you know, yep. with the injuries, he only had eighteen points in fifty-six games and, and a minus seven, only playing fourteen minutes a night yep. for point three two points a game. I, I listen. I'm not judging anybody that that goes through an injury. From somebody that had five surgeries and ended his career not on his own terms. I, I don't mm -hmm. like the way that my numbers looked when I wasn't healthy. I wish yeah. I would have sat out longer and played healthy because numbers don't lie. The tape doesn't lie. So I like that. All right. Looking at our defensemen, though, I would really like to do this exercise again really quick if you don't mind. Okay. okay. Um, For points per game. Darlene's at the top. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Let me get there. All right, so for last year, oh, wow. Holy shit. Do you want to take a gander? You're right, Darlene is first. Um, what do you think his number is? He 80 games played, 53 points, 13 and 40 assists. So he's probably roughly around like a .62, probably a .63. Six, six. Okay. You fucking good at this, You're a good math guy, but dude, as a defenseman, that's why he's named. And I'm gonna write, I'm gonna segue right after this into into the top twenty D article, Dwayne, and then we can let you take over what you want to talk about with the Lucan and everything else. Uh, but going through, we only have five more D. Okay, so I'll give you their names. All right, you got Samuelson, Owen Power. Owen Power only played eight games, so that might be a little swayed. Yoki Haru, Jacob Bryson. And Ilya Labushkin, who didn't play for us last year, uh, who would it have been? Uh, Casey Fitzgerald. He played 36 games. Yeah. Um, and you know Lawrence Pilot. Anyways, so let's go through those. So you, you hit the nail on the head with the first one. 80 games played for Darlene, 13 goals, 40 assists, 53 points for .66, 24 minutes a night. God damn it, I love it. But you yeah. know what I love more? We talked better. about it before the show, Dwayne, and you brought it up. Now with power, Darlene isn't going to be having to play against the top line every night. No, you. So eat. I am expecting, and I put a bet down. I'm not a big better because uh, I got kids' college funds to worry about. Um, I put money on Darlene to be a dark horse just to finish in the top three for the Norris. I, I don't think it's completely out of the question. I think he's going to get better under Granado. I think that he's just going to keep developing and growing. And now, like you said, it's going to be, it's going to create a lot of confusion for matchups for the opposing teams. Now having what about power. at home? What about at home? Cause Granado's a mastermind at this. 
having last change, I, I, I believe it, man. I think, you know, he's going to get his power play points. Um, but now it, now you have teams second guessing who they're going to want to throw out there. Oh, you want to play against one power or Darlene? You're yeah, trying. exactly. It, it's, it's, you know. Oh, and you want to play against Darlene? Well, hey, Sanderson's going to fucking you out, knock your teeth out. Yeah, now we're going to send you out against Labushkin and uh, no one power. You know what I mean? Pick your poison. Or Jacob Bryson, you know, whatever it is. And I love yeah. that depth. Okay. But to get through this, let's get let's get through it. Okay. So you had number one with Darlene. Okay. Now, yeah. Owen Power, um, he played eight games with three points, just so you know. So obviously it's going to be higher. But yeah. Um, uh, no, who do you think's next? Fuck. Yogi, how are you? No. Small sample size. I kind of just gave you the answer. Is it Owen Power? Yeah. Even with. No, I mean, I'm just saying. I, I don't know. I don't think he should count this exercise, but um, I know. But point three eight—that's not bad for eight games. No, and no. here's the best part: he's sinking on the team in ice time with twenty-two minutes as yeah. a fucking nineteen-year-old. Not surprised at all because you know you're trying to see, you're, you're trying to get him as much ice time as you can. Absolutely, get as much time, get him as much ice time as you can. And um, you want to hear something funny? He was the only Sabres player to be. Uh, Plus, <laughs> again, small sample size. Again, small sample size. But at the same time, you're tr- you're trying to get this kid well, as much eight games, dude. He's a plus three. You, but you're burning a year of that entry level contract in those eight games. So you're gonna no, give we it. You got to play ten, buddy. No, I I think it's different now, bud. No, it's I'm not. Sure it's no, it's not. Pretty sure it's different now. You gotta play ten. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty you sure. Gotta play ten. I'll look it up right now, but I will um, bet my fucking shitty Mitsubishi. You can keep the car seats. You gotta play ten. I'm That's why we here. brought him in when we did. Remember, he got here and he didn't play right away. He played. He played right away. No, but you remember how instead of coming right after they lost, he didn't get into that game that night. I'm pretty positive we burned a Wayne, year. Wayne takes ten games to start your ELC, bro. I'm pretty positive it's eight, but. Why are you any are, player? Are you, any, what do you have to back this up? It's been 10 forever. You play 10 games. Why do you think teams keep the forwards in the beginning of the second. year with their players for nine games and then send them down? One second, bud. Just give me one second. Look it up you right now. Fucker. <laughs> what is the entry level side? One second. One second. He I, signed I, I, on April eighth, two thousand twenty-two. One second. You can you can sit there and pull your butt all you want, but I'm almost positive we burned a year of his entry level deal. I'm just gonna Google it right now. Well, you know what? This is interesting. So he. Owen's, Owen Power's salary is nine twenty five, and his cap hit is nine sixteen for the two thousand twenty three season. His salaries combined of nine twenty five and signing bonuses and eight hundred thirty thousand in base salary. Blah 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 blah. He has signed a one. He signed one contract worth a value of five point five million dollars over a period that spans one season with at least one game played. He has a he. He will be a 10.2 C at the end of the 22, 
or 23, 24 season when he is 21 years old. Boom. Gotcha, bitch. Right here. A player doesn't accrue a completed season for the purposes of free agency, salary, arbitration, eligibility, or expansion protection until until he has played 10 games a season. But for the purpose of burning a year of the ELC, one game is all it takes. Right. So my point, my point was more for the RFA UFA, because that's what really matters. Yeah. So you understand my point though now? Yeah, but we we did burn a year of his entry. No, no, but we didn't burn a year of his UFA RFA status. So, like when you look at entry level, right? Like he's gonna get paid eventually, right? Correct. But we didn't burn that year of RFA, so he's under team control for three more years after this before he even gets a sniff RFA. Does that make sense? I believe so, yeah. I'm sorry. I, so we were both right. I was wrong on part of it, okay? Yeah. Um, but, dude, to think that you have Owen Power at a cap hit of $916,000 yeah. until 23-24. Correct. Does that not give you a Woody Pecker? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You yeah, remember absolutely. Austin Powers, the, the movie? Yeah. You remember the ending scene yeah. where it's like, what is that? It looks like a flying Johnson. Wang. Yep. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's iconic. They did it in both the first and the second. If we have any young kids listening, they're probably like, what the fuck's Cully talking about? This old fuck. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Austin Powers is yeah. much watch. With that being said, though, just a transition. Uh, obviously, UPL signed. Because uh, me and Steve, me and producer Steve were talking about this on I'll Hang Up and Listen. Who are they going to go to the, uh, the prospect challenge with a net? Uh, the goalie they picked in the first round. I can't remember how to pronounce his name, but uh, he, um, if you could look that up real quick for me, uh, Kali. First round? We didn't pick a goalie in the first Not round. The first, no, the first pit. No, he was the first, uh, first second round goalie taken. Okay. Yep. I'll do second that for you, Bob. Okay. First pick of the keep second talking, round. Keep talking and I'll find it for you. But um, he got hurt at development camp. So I'm not sure what his uh, health is looking like, but. I'm not sure if he's going to be ready. I don't know if he's going to be ready for the prospects challenge. We do know goal, college goaltenders cannot compete in the prospects challenge. So that leaves possibly going to UPL, who honestly shouldn't even be playing in the prospects challenge because he's been in the system long enough to the point where he shouldn't even be eligible to play in it. Or um, not eligible, but you know he should be for, so far along in his development that he should be more concentrated on training camp rather than playing in a prospects challenge. But – I don't know what Buffalo's uh, goalie corral outside of what we have with uh, Anderson, Comrie, and then, of course, Levi Portillo looks like, who is eligible to play in this. So the goalie we took in the draft, um, I'm assuming UPL, and who else? All right, so here we go. Um, The Sabres picked uh, Savoy. That's this year, correct? Correct. Why did this skip down at me like that? Motherfucker. I hate these websites. Uh, come on, come on, come on. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Enough of, enough of this. What are you doing? All right, here we go, here we go. Um, no, that's not it. Hold on, give me one second here, bub. It's all good. Um, and we'll just we'll, no, we'll wrap up. It's, there. it's not loading. It's not loading for me. Well, uh, um, all right. Here we go. Got it. Got it. 
Uh, the goalie, the first goalie taken, round two, pick 41, Kapias Leinonen. Leinonen. Goal I didn't want to butcher it. He was the JYP Liga. Yep, he was the he was the top rated goalie uh, in the draft, and the Sabers took him. Um, a lot of people speculated that didn't mean anything good for Eric Portillo, but I don't think that really means anything. I think you just really never have too many good goaltenders, personally, in my opinion. Um, and he's a development project to begin with, anyways. Well, here's the way I look at it, right? Like if UPL doesn't step up. Okay, then we're going immediately to um, immediately to our, our next two prospects, which is Portillo and and that here's oh, what Dwayne, you want to talk a little? Can we talk a little bit more about um, Lukanen and the details real quick? Yeah, that's that's fine. So he uh, he he had nine starts in Buffalo this year. And 917 save percentage. Okay. Six foot five, two, uh, 217 pounds from Espo. For 35 games in Rochester, though, he was hot and cold and streaky and went 15, 14, and six with a 900 save percentage. That's no good. And a 328 goals against average. But he had a quick turnaround. Like I said, he was streaky. He was AHL player of the week in November, which he recorded his first shutout. Okay, he was selected back in 17. Um, he's 23, same age as Andrew, like I said, in the yep. second round, 54th overall. And 13 career NHL games, he's 3-8-2, like I said, with a 9-13 and 3-0-8 save percentage. Now, yep. that's basically um, the Sabres, you know, saying, um, you know, like, hey, like, put up or shut up. It's time to yeah, go. Yeah, it's right? a two-way. I think. I think the first year is. Uh, I think. I think. The Here's first- what bothers me. Wouldn't you want? I like. I love Craig Anderson. I think he's great there. But you got to go ride Comrie to see if he can be the bridge guy or the guy, right? Yeah. And then get you could pack a Lucan in at least twenty starts to see if he's a guy in our system, right? Yeah, because I think you need, depending I think on you need- that. You know, maybe it's better for Portillo to play his last year at Michigan or Levi. Listen, I want, I said off the air that I want Levi to win the the bean pot, right? I want him to win hockey. I want him to win the Hobie Baker. I want him to win the Mike Richter. I want him to win the NCAA championship. So he feels he has nothing left to to fill. Now, Mike Levine, the associate coach at Northeastern, Great man, one of the smartest hockey minds I've ever met. Yep. Good friend of Kyle Quicks, and I got introduced to him a few months ago. We spent a week together. Yep. An awesome guy. He's going to be joining us, and he told us, Dwayne, he's going to bring on a surprise guest. Who do you think that'll be? Let's hope it's Devin. Well, no, he said we can bring on Devin no matter what. I'm hoping. I, I know I can bring on Devin no matter what. No, I know, but who do you think Mike brings on? Think about all the Northeastern players. I don't know. Maybe it's Hughes. It kind of gets your juices flowing, right? So, guys, if you haven't already, follow follow Mike Levine wherever he's yep. at. He is a fucking genius. Yep. The way this man evaluates talent is out of this world. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, all right, here we go. I got I got uh, Tobias Leinen's draft profile. The tall Finnish goaltender could be the first netminder taken in the upcoming draft. Surprise, he was. Okay. 
No, and thanks. I don't want to get info there. Yeah, he's 6'4". He's from Finland. He plays um, – he was the first uh, – you're right. He was the first European goalie through Central Scouting. Yeah. top-ranked goalie in Europe is obvious in his stature at 6'5", 207 pounds. Is that not exactly what Lukanen is? It is. I just – I think you're not – I think with UPL, you're not getting the with, – with, he had you, double hip surgery, bro. I, right. I know. I'm getting to that. Let me talk. Well, I know where <laughs> you were going. I, no, I know, but you just, you were just, I, I, where, where's your, take a breath. You've been talking for five minutes straight. Um, But after this, after this, we got to, we got to actually cut loose because I uh, do have a fantasy football draft to go do. Oh, um, fantasy. Well, fine. Yeah, hurry yeah. up. I'm going to read the rest of this. Regardless, 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 regardless. Um, with UPL and, uh, you know, you're dealing with the double hip surgery, other, other injuries uh, along the way. He's never been the same You know, and your hips you are so. Me or not? I didn't even hear what you said. He's never been the same since. No, he hasn't been. And until you can piece together a a full season in the AHL and be consistent, it's hard for me to justify bringing him up, even even in in, in an extended backup position. 20 games, 10 games. What is like, please give me an answer here, Dwayne. I mean, I don't think, I don't think you're taking that away from Craig Anderson when you're asking him to come away, leave his family again for another year. But then um, what is the point? Unless it's injury. I think I think for injury purposes, yeah. Maybe so how many that. games does UPL get if both goalies stay healthy? Five. Don't you have to see what you have in him? I think that's why he plays down in Rochester. Well, he's been fucking up and down. The American League is a I very different that. league. I understand, that. I, I understand that. But, you know, if, if you're going to be the guy, then go be the guy in Rochester. Lead them to a Calder Trophy. And or Calder Cup, I'm sorry, and you know, be the guy down there. In my opinion, I just you, you got to give, you got to, you got to stay, show that you, you got to be able to show you can stay healthy for an entire season. And well, I go back to your point when I asked you if he's never been the same. Goalies that have there was a study out of McGill University in 2020 because Dwayne, you remember how when we played, our knee pads were connected to our yes. pads and they tucked underneath our pants. Yeah. Well, now goalies wear, for those that aren't aware, they wear knee pads that are thick and they're like uh, basically like a shin pad that stops right like below your shin. So now instead of goalies dropping on the knee stack of their pad uh, that's, you know, nice and cushiony, they're dropping on hard plastic. It's not only that, McGill University found in their study that there has been more hip replacements among youth goalies. We're talking. 15 to 20 years old, there's been a 600% increase since the switch was made from knee pads being attached to the pad from our era and knee pads that took over in 2016. That is, that is like undeniable numbers. Yes or no? Yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's very concerning. It's Did very he have one hip surgery? No, he had two. Double hips. And he's had other injuries along the way, lower body injuries. I'm All right, let me let me finish this off so we can finish this out. Back to because uh, I I'm interested. I I honestly didn't look into Tobias. Tobias, I want to call him Tobias. I had a good friend Tobias. named Tobias. Tobias Lee Lee Okay. Yeah. All right, real quick. 
Um, he's a big body goalie who takes up the net. His best play in the tournament was mostly solid. He's at his best in a structured format. When his team plays lost in their own zone, he tends to follow suit and kicks pucks back out in the scoring areas or allows he's the goalie to, like to have back. Don't like that. But the kid has all the tools. He will need time. He could be the first goalie off the board in Montreal, which he was. A team with multiple pits in the second round, blah, blah, blah. Okay? Cut to the chase. The first thing you'll notice about him is his size. He's like a gigantic frame, takes up the net, and there is room for him to still grow physically. What's most impressive about him is that is with his size, he still possesses great speed and agility. His ability to read plays allows him to set up in proper position, relying on technique and body to take away shooting angles. Yeah. And will need to work on certain aspects of his game. As all young goaltenders do, he's still very raw, but with good upside. You can quote me. He's a big goalie, moving good, young, and he stops the puck. I like that. Thatcher Demko. Comparison. Not a yeah. bad comparison. Not a bad comparison at all. All right. So, Lukanen's contract, like you mentioned, 830. Oh, dude, that's a low. See, this is what concerns me, Dwayne. Because of all the injuries, you would think a guy that we invested in, he would make more than that. Nope. He's he, making the league minimum, bro. It's a prove-it deal. Yeah, show us that you can stay healthy. Hundred percent. Huh? It was off though. He's ten pounds heavier than the other kid. But, but they're both um, from Finland. That's I so think, funny. I, I want to say I want to say one year of the two year deal is a one way deal, and the other year is a two way deal. I can't. I, I I'm not a hundred percent positive that's how how it works. I thought I read that on Twitter. But regardless, it's a prove-it deal. You got to prove it that you can. No, at least, they're both. They're both. Oh, it's a two way two way deal. Okay. Um, he you have to prove it down in the A. To start the season, because obviously you will not be up in the NHL. You know, if you get a chance to play up in the NHL, you know, take advantage of it like you did last year. But you can't get hurt. You have to stay healthy. And, you know, the Sabres can't invest a lot of money in a goalie who's already has a, you know, long, long injury history. Um, and I, I just I, I don't feel comfortable investing money into that, especially when you have the goalies in the, in the pipeline that you have. Um, one of which that you would assume would sign his pro contract, both hopefully at the end of the season. So his, okay, I'm pulling it, I have it right here in front of me, okay? His contract is, Jesus, why can't this show me so easily? Um, yeah, they're both, they're both two ways, bro. That's what I thought. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. All right. So I thought I read that one was one way. One year was one way. The other year was two way. But no. Two um, things I wanted to bring up, and then I'll leave you to finish it, okay? Top 20. These lists are kind of fucked, aren't they? The top 20s. Yeah. At number 18, Rasmus Dahlin in his fourth NHL season, number one pick, set NHL career highs in goals, assists, Points, 53. Power play points, 21. Shooting percentage, 7.6. That's super high. And time on ice led the team 24 minutes in 80 games. That's healthy. That's a healthy Darlene. And yep. now he gets throwing power to split the load. Yeah, And create mismatches when it comes to matchups. Exactly. And Granado's a wizard at that. Um, yep. So is Ellis. He'll help there, too. 22-year-old led the Sabres in hits at 121. And when you think about that, that's funny because when you think about Rasmus Dahlin, what do you think of? Skill, Calvacar type offense. He can hit, man. He can throw the bodies. Have you seen it, man? He, he throws a pretty good hip check, too. Here's the most impressive thing to me. 
he tied for the lead in block shots, 91. So here's here's uh, Ken Danico. Did we have him on the show? Yeah, I think we did. Who? Ken Danico. Oh, yeah, we definitely had Ken Danico on the show. So Danico, front of the show, a couple clicks. Here's what he had to say. He's that typical young defender that's had some growing pains along the way with a tough team in Buffalo. But as the Buffalo Sabres get better, and they are starting to, his on-ice awareness, his playmaking ability, has all the tools. He sees the ice very well. He had a great year, and I only expect him to get better and better. Okay? You know who's right below him on the list? Who's that? Drew fucking Dowdy, a guy that I had the pleasure of playing against for eight games, and he fucking torched me, and he was yeah, so deceptive. I think Drew Dowdy could win the Norris this year. That, that's a hot take. Really? Is it? Because you know guy, with, the with list? Guys, with, with Lorensky. You know who's after? You know who's above um, him at 19? I mean, with guys like Gail like McCarr, Darlene, um, who am I thinking from uh, Nashville? Let's see that you want me to read off the list real quick. So it goes uh, real quick. And then you tell me Brent Burns at 20, Petrangelo, former captain of mine, not a big deal, at 19, Darlene at 18, or Drew Doughty at 17, Zach Wierenski at 16, Shea Theodore at 15, Morgan Riley at 14. Get the fuck out of here. Jacob Slavin, 13. That's right, He's I like him. Quinn Hughes at 12. Moritz Sider at 11. Get the fuck out of here. He's Just because so he wanted to call it or doesn't mean he's that good. He's so but good. he did have a great season. Um, 50 points, 43 assists, 23. He had a well, anyways. Um Miro Heskinen at 10. Uh John Carlson at nine. Devin yep. Tays after what he did with the Avalanche at eight. Keep in mind, Lou Lamarillo, the genius. You know what Colorado traded Devin Tays for? Two second round picks. Yep. And he's the reason that they had the depth to win the Stanley Cup. Um, seven, Aaron Eckblad. Uh, Windsor guy I got to skate with, really good kid. Six, uh, I'll let you guess these last couple really quick. Um, number six, Hint. Uh, one of uh, three-headed monsters. Johnny, 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 I don't have time for Hint's buddy. I got, Chris, I got five Chris minutes. Number five, Charlie McAvoy. Number four, Adam Fox. Number three, Roman Yossi. Number two, Victor Hedman. And who's number one? Uh, is it Cal McCarr? Yeah, you betcha. All right, so before running out the show, any thoughts, Dwayne? No, just that I wanted, I wanted to – I mean, we could save you know, the bulk of this conversation for the next show uh, where I hope to have Melody Martin on with us, uh, super fan of the Buffalo oh. Sabres. She's agreed How'd to come on. Uh, she's pretty good. She's pretty good. She's she's pretty as just as excited as we are for the start of the season. Um, but um, you know, just when you think of that, you know, Spit and Chicklets tweeted out that the, the, the Sabers go ahead logo and who do you think of the most? Or uh, you know, when you see this and other people said, who is your top five in the go ahead years? And like, who, who's your top players? You think five players you think about? Just I present that question to you, and I'll give you mine real quick. Obviously. Obviously, Dominic Kashuk being number one. I think guys like La, even though he only played, I'll give him an honorable mention. I think of LaFontaine. I think he was just an unbelievable human being. And Wait, really- can I stop you? What years the Sabres wear the, 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 the jersey? 96, 97 to 05, 06. 96 to what? 96, 97 season to the 05, 06 season. Okay, go ahead. 
So I think I think guys like Hashik and LaFontaine, but um, McKee, uh, Jason Dodd, Derek Plant, Brian Holzinger, those are my guys. People, most people say Ryan Miller, and sure, I'd say Ryan Miller too. Briere, Jury, Vanek, Fedegana, but those were the guys I grew up watching, and that's what those are the guys that made me fall in love with the Sabers was the Derek Plants, the Jason Dawes, outside outside of Hashik at least, you know Ray Barnaby, the Boogeyman, Bob Boopner, um, yeah. Michael Pekka, <laughs> Michael Pekka, you know just all these Jason Woolley, you know Richard Schmelick, Alexi Zitnik, all those guys, man. Like wait, 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 no, 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 you said give me your top five, you know? And- oh, oh, top five. Okay, top five will be. Hashik. Is this in order or just top five? Well, Hashik being number one, and you can take the other four. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Hashik, Pekka, Zitnik. I will. I'll, I'll throw Miller in there. I'll throw Miller in there. Yeah, but he only played. It's a It's a tight race between. It's a tight race between Ray and Barnaby for, to, to end it out. So. All right, can I give mine? Give him up. Miroslav Shatan. Good one. Danny Briere, Chris Jury, Finneganoff. And then Hashik's obviously number one, right? But here's yeah. my honorable mention in no particular order Curtis Brown, JP Dumont. Curtis Brown. And Wooly Zitnik and Pekka. You know, I already I think put my honorable mind. mentions would be definitely Plant. Derek Plant, because I think Derek Plant scored my favorite Sabres goal of all time. Oh, Fred God. Favorite episode. Let me redo my list. Let me redo my list. Sorry. Top five, Hashik, Shields, Pekka, Zitnik, and then still bringing up the rear, Ray Barnaby. No Briera jury, eh? No, no, those are those. I mean, I grew up that those are the guys that made me fall in love with the Sabres, dude. I'm not sure. No, I love Pierre, I, I love Pierre, and then again, Derek Plant scored my favorite goal all of all time, Buffalo Sabres goal of all time. Jason Daw, Dawson, Brian Holzinger, five Holzinger. Like it was just you know, all those guys, they, they really exemplified, you know, the blue collar mentality of the of, of Buffalo, New York, and just. They knew how much this team meant to us, and they went out there and they showed it every single night. They 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 didn't take us for granted, and that here's got what, lost for a while. That got lost for a while up until last season. I feel. And here's why Curtis Brown was my honorable mention. You know we don't remember it, but in that '99 Cup run, he put up 13 points. Yep, and he yeah, was he so versatile that you could use him, and he had a lot of memorable goals in that run, including that OT winner in the I think it was the what is it one playoffs? I believe and so. And yeah. he had a shorter uh, uh, shorthanded marker in the next uh, yep. series. Um, but dude, like he was part of that '99 run. Uh, he was great. A Finneganoff, really nothing. No, I'm just going. I'm going. No, I know, I know, I know. I just, just, just. just I respect your list. Oh like, no, you I'm, off just, I'm in the top ten. I'm going for. Oh yeah, for sure, Mac. I mean, he was he was he was absolutely electric to watch. Every time he touched the puck, he, he, he made me feel the same way Lafontaine made me feel. Is every time he touched the puck, you knew something exciting was going to happen. You, you know saw him coming cool? up the wing with some open ice. Oh. You knew something exciting was going to happen in the dead puck era too. You got to remember yeah. that. Like this is before the rule change, right? For the majority yep. of these guys, you know, the, the the post lockout when the rules finally changed, where they took away two line passing and all that jazz, like and everything opened up so much more 
and the Sabres really took off because they had so much youth and speed. And you added in your Drury, you added in your Breer, you had Ryan Miller, you know, in full development. Um, they were ready to win right then and there, and they did. So. I have to I have to say one thing, okay? Zitnik and Wooly both put up 15 points in that cup run in 99. And, um, you know, like I said, Wooly had the OT winner in Dallas, which was pretty important in that game one, right? Yep. And he, he you know, he had 10 goals and 43 points in the regular season. He uh, played six years in Buffalo's, only wearing the goat head. Um, but Zitnik, okay? We got to remember, he was acquired for a friend of the show and, and, and one of the best of all time, Grant Fear, and that blockbuster deal, right? Yep. Nick yep. was here for the whole Goathead era. Yep. And here's the most important part, because life is bigger than hockey. Zhitnik is a Ukrainian national. And, and he's over there fighting. Prayers, and I know that it's just words, but, you know, for, for what's going on, you know, outside of hockey, uh, you know, you know, I'm really hoping the best for him and his family um, and his extended family over there. Uh, I hope the world comes to its senses and we can get back to, you know, this divide that has been created, not only in our own country, but it seems worldwide. I know a lot of people are struggling and, you know, in, in my small speck of the world, you know, I'm having to, you know, change prices and, and increase prices because of the driving but that's so small potatoes compared yeah. to what people are going on in. And I think we need to remind ourselves how lucky yeah. we are. So just um, thoughts and prayers and, and hopefully the world can come to its senses um, because we live, I used to think in the greatest country on earth that is, it allows us to talk about things like this and in a, in a weird moment of reflection from Cully, um, which is usually Dwayne doing this. I, I just pray and I pray for for the resolution and, and, and the safety of all those affected. And mm -hmm. and I feel for, you know, and not to take Russia side of any of this, but some of these young Russian players that got passed over in the draft just because of what's going on for a leader that they might yep. not support. Right? We talk about Panarin coming out against him, and he had to have a security detail follow him around New York City. Yeah. It's bigger than hockey sometimes, guys. Dwayne, an excellent show. Um, I think your list was great. I think that we'll you get we'll dive, we'll dive, we'll, we'll Look dive behind your right shoulder. What's behind your right shoulder? Oh, um, the skateboard? No. Whose jersey? Oh, uh, the Hashik jersey. Dominic Hashik, number one. All time. And and I I just uh, he's our white well, you know. Yep. I so, would would love. I know he's very recluse, but it'd be great um, to get him on someday. That, that, that's obviously that's obviously the goal. The the, uh, uh, the one similarity between me, you, and my brother. Okay, my brother was yeah. born in '84. You were one in '89. '87. '87. So he's three years older than you. I'm four years younger than you. What's the one common thing that we all have that Dominic made us always? Dominic Kashuk. And I think that's a great way to go out in the show. Yeah. Okay. So, greatest um, of all time, hands down. Um, wait, wait, have, wait, wait. What about that? What about my jersey? That's well, not my jersey, but the jersey I gave you your collection. Well, he can go fuck himself. That's how. That's how he feel with Patrick Waugh. So, uh, I but no, I piggyback off your feelings about Ukraine. I I couldn't agree with you more. 
um, you know, to, you know, to, to do what Russia did, what Vladimir Putin did, and to, oh, to, invade, to, to evade to invade a country unwarranted without, without absolutely zero justification. The lie about people, it. To see the people of Ukraine step up, not step up, but fight for their livelihood uh, and protect themselves when no one else will. You know, to see their leader out there on the front lines fighting with them. To see guys like Vladimir Klitschko, the Klitschko brothers out there fighting with them. Love Alexei what they've Zitnik. done. Love what they've done. Great point. To Alexei Zhitnik is out there, you know, defending his homeland. You know, it's 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 wild. And like I said, hopefully resolution is brought soon because, you know, Vladimir Putin is a war criminal. And there's no other way to, no no other way to, you know, shape that, shape that thought. He's, he's a war criminal. And the man, the man deserves to be locked up you know, like a war criminal, but he won't be. Um, Let me and, ask you a tough question. What's up? Ovechkin, very close to Putin. And I, I don't know if he's had a choice being high profile. And we've seen those clips post or pre-invasion yep. of them letting him score in those exhibition games. And yeah, I've always true. heard the joke about if you didn't let him score, like that goalie that let in the weak goal. Yeah. That he would have been found in the they're field. Weak. They were all weak. They were all weak goals. I know, but like, like the scary part is, is if that you're terrified guy, of the guy, you're terrified of the guy. If that that goalie just in the moment forgets who's who he's playing against, he probably didn't even think about the game. He probably just thought about every time Putin touches the puck, I got to let it in. Yeah, and you know it's hard sometimes when you're trying to let the puck in. And and you know a non-skilled hockey player like that shoots you save it. That yeah. could have cost him his life, and oh, that's how yeah, fucked that's up how, things are. That's how much a mania. That's how big of a lunatic he is, man. He's literally over there lying to his people, telling them that you know the uh, Zelensky, the uh, the leader of Ukraine, is you know anti-Semite. an anti-Semite. You know he's a he's a Nazi, but he's, he's Jewish. Jewish. He's Jewish, like. It's all lies, all yeah, lies. Now, hey, on one political point, there is a, a small fraction. I don't want to say small. There is a fraction of the Azov Battalion that is extremely right wing, but there's also people in Russia that cough the eradication of Ukrainians as yep. subhumans. Any speak like that to me places you in a psych, psych like you're a you're a psychopath or sociopath, yep. and um. To, to get back to it, like, does that affect Ovechkin's reputation? I know he's skated around it for think, so long, I but think, it's ongoing. I, I think it does to a certain extent. He I plays think, for Washington Capitals and our nation's capital. How is yep. this not talked about enough? I know. I think it's been talked about a lot. I think with the offseason, things have died down like quite a bit. I haven't heard much. At, I, but no, that's what I'm saying. It's died down quite a bit because of the offseason, but – I think once uh, you know the season rages on and his war keeps to continue on and more people and as people die, I think it will be brought to light again. I think he will get asked questions. So um, I do know that he did make comments, you know, to please stop the war. He didn't directly condemn Vladimir Putin, but I, after seeing what happened to Artemi Panarin, how can you blame him? I mean, his whole family's over there. You know, condemn Putin. You, you are. They, had to, they had to get him out of there. They did get him out of there. Uh, or they not do talk about, but yeah. Um, to my agent Paul Theophanis, so did Bobrovsky. Okay, and I know it's not been talked about, and he might have some distant relatives, but they were able to carry out with the assistance. Here's the cool part my, and then I'll wrap it up in this. My agent Paul Theophanis was 
Um, you know, he, he, you know, he became a lawyer. He was, you know, yeah. special forces and, you know, used the GI bill to pay for his school, went to law school, became an yeah. NHL agent. After 9-11, this motherfucking badass, Paul Theophanis, look it up. He went back and spot, fought with the, the Rangers, the Spec Ops, and for five cool. years. Comes back in 05-06, not a big deal, starts representing his clients again. So That's no awesome. doubt, uh, Panarin's agent, remember in Columbus when he switched right before he got yep. traded, him and Bob Ronsky bolt yep. they went to my old agent. Paul Theophanis is a badass motherfucker. He's the best American. He's what represents us. He's a guy that could have stayed home in his Cush NHL agent gig. Instead, he went back to fight for our country, USA, and and I heard that no, it's I just think I know I have no uh I can't confirm this on the air, but I'd like to think that Paul had uh, a few favors called in to make sure that his players' families were safe. We need mm-hmm. more human beings like that. Dwayne, hell of a show. I, I, I love it. I know you gotta go. We've taken up a lot of time. Guys, we are gonna have in our next show our preview, um, not only for the Atlantic Division, we're going to try to do the whole Eastern Conference. We got a couple of great guests coming on. Uh, Quentin Musty, uh, friend of the show, and, you know, the wearer of these gloves, scored a beautiful goal and was the best player for Team USA in the Holinka Gretzky tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you turn in. The U.S. women beat Canada in the round robin. They're playing in the Women's World Championship. Hillary Knight set the check all- that out. And Hillary Knight set the all-time record for she women. She did set it? Yep. So good, which is, which is, you know, she, she's been a trailblazer for women's hockey for, well, for and, and, and not to, you know, Canadian, she passed Wickenheiser. Yep. Yep. And trailblazers. Right. So good for Hillary Knight. Um, Amanda Kessel's right up there too. Yep. Um, Hey, last question. Would Phil Kessel fit with us? And wait, sure. <laughs> <laughs> But uh hey, yeah. I love it. I love it. Hey, it's so good to be back. My apologies yep. to all the fans. Uh, I've had a very busy, very busy past couple months getting my goalies ready. Any young goalies out there uh, reached out to me, big game goaltending academy. Um, you know, we love what we do and uh we do a really good job with it. And yep. you know, your kid comes first. There's not one right way to play goalie, every goalie's different, and we take pride in and in, in, in keeping the numbers small. Um, so yeah. quick shout out to me, but Dwayne, what is this episode brought to you by outlet, outlet liquor, the place to buy a case over on Georgia Rim Boulevard, all your game day, Bill's game day, game night. Now, uh, Thursday night football next week, a week away, uh, baby, exactly a week away. And, um, Sabres game nights, get over to outlet liquor place to buy a case, uh, sponsoring two goalies, one Mike, I'm Dwayne Sino for Jonathan Cullen. Uh, this has been episode 105. The goat head episode. Uh, we will get more and more into that next week with Melody Martin. Uh, but we will catch you next week. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies on Mike, a show where we give you a behind the mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now, you might be thinking, Hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? 
Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.